The Swiss exchange completes its Spanish acquisition. London Stock Exchange could be on the receiving end of a mega antitrust review, while the Hong Kong exchanges are celebrating 20 spectacularly successful years as a public company on their own market. Exciting technology news as serial entrepreneur Niels Robert Person returns to the parish. And indeed, exciting news emerges from down under. Could the Australian Stock Exchange actually be open to settlement competition? My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast. Beginning with parish notes this week, plaudits to Hong Kong exchanges, marking their 20th anniversary as a public company. That is a good day for markets, and indeed we have plaudits this week to the US stock exchanges, who brought their case against the totalitarian stupidity of the SEC with a penny pilot which threatened to leave US markets with one nation, two systems, as an experiment where, as we know, previous efforts by the SEC to push progress have brought us such gems of dysfunction as Reg NMS. As you will know if you are a weekly or indeed daily reader of the Exchange Invest newsletter, Every edition begins with a little history lesson appropriate to the issue number. This week's podcast coincides with issue 1792. Of course, 1792 was the year when the highwayman Nicolas Pelletier became the first person executed by the guillotine in France. However, of more interest to the parish, under an American sycamore tree in Manhattan, New York, 24 brokers and merchants signed the Buttonwood Agreement named after the tree. It read, We the subscribers, brokers for the purchase and sale of public stock, do hereby solemnly promise and pledge ourselves to each other that we will not buy or sell from this day for any person whatsoever any kind of public stock at a less rate than one quarter percent commission on the specie value and that we will give a preference to each other in our negotiations. In testimony whereof, we have set our hands this 17th day of May at New York, 1792. Of course, the modern New York Stock Exchange has changed a bit since then. Its inflection points curiously involve several key mergers and acquisition events, but that buttonwood tree was witness to one of the most powerful events in commercial history, and with it, it helped to create Exchange Invest a couple of centuries down the line. As I mentioned earlier, the appeals court in the USA ruled in favour of the stock exchanges in their fee fight with the SEC. It's interesting to note the judges were appointed by respectively Presidents Carter, Obama and Reagan. Not all was a mix super conducive to disagreeing with regulators. After two strikeouts in a fortnight of legal actions, one is minded to ponder. In the event of a third strike, is the SEC out? For perspective, we recall this week in Exchange Invest Daily the powerful and poignant Stacey Cunningham Wall Street Journal opinion piece at the commencement of these proceedings brought by NICE, NASDAQ and SIBO. We're suing the SEC to protect the stock market remains a very pertinent read to this day. And indeed, on CNBC, the NICE president, Stacey Cunningham, was discussing the reopening of her markets and, in very, very measured tones, 
she provided an overview and a background to the court ruling against the SEC and how, in many other areas, relations are entirely cordial with the US regulator and the stock exchanges. Over in Brussels, the EU eased some rules for foreign clearinghouses, a SOP to the United States of America, thus hopefully avoiding threatened retaliation when the European Union was trying to be hyper-protectionist as its paranoia over the possibility of Britain being successful after Brexit has grown. Over in Australia, an interesting case. The boss of the Australian anti-monopoly organisation has stated that PEX's monopoly must end. This is hardly relevant directly to the parish of exchanges as PEXA are in fact a new digital settlement house for property transactions. However, they have a strongly backed competitor. Simply is indeed sponsored by and has a huge investment from the Australian Stock Exchange. With news that the ASX-backed simply are trying to promote competition in clearing and settlement of property, it's great news that the ASX is therefore promoting competition in the clearing and settlement arena. With that news that it's pushing forward in the digital conveyancing space for real estate, I very much look forward to their opening up competition in the clearing and settlement of financial products, where, as we know, their systems have recently caused the entire market to be constrained. Hopefully the Australian ACCC competition body will be expedient in ensuring both conveyancing and financial transaction clearing and settlement are open to competition soon. In results this week, great news from the Daris Salam Stock Exchange. As you'll recall, last week they had an unfortunate day where absolutely no trading happened whatsoever. Nevertheless, that hasn't stopped them making an excellent financial return. 16% return on equity for the year 2019. Meanwhile, in deals news this week, the Swiss Stock Exchange, SIX, acquired the Spanish exchange, BME. They got over 90% approvals at the EGM and by the end of the week they'd squeeze that up to 95% of the stock, allowing for a squeeze out of the remaining shareholders and thus the BME will be delisted in due course. Elsewhere, the London Stock Exchange Refinitiv deal is seen to be heading for an in-depth EU merger review. And indeed, the LSE Group have said they're offering no concessions to avert this deeper probe. Then again, how can the London Stock Exchange offer concessions to what is clearly a political move by the EU relating to Brexit? The irony is, of course, that the LSE, having been so ludicrously pro-Remain during the UK referendum and its aftermath, may yet cause it some issues gaining sympathy in the UK. Albeit, the British government has a habit of delivering craven indulgence to the LSEG over and above all the many other exchanges operating in London. The irony is, of course, clearly that the Refinitiv deal itself is already so unattractive that the EU could do LSEG a favour and save it from its own management. New markets this week? Well, we've got one dead new market, the Pan-African Commodity Exchange, that has had its licence cancelled in Zambia. It looks as if the dream has finally died. Meanwhile, in Harare, there were concerns from African Intelligence Service, that's a newsletter and publisher, They were talking about how the debt-ridden Harare is sending distress signals through its new Victoria Falls offshore stock exchange venture. Two launches this week. The Indian Gas Exchange, powered by GMX Technology, has readied itself and is now transacting. Meanwhile, Broadridge have created a new artificial intelligence-driven digital execution platform to bring next-generation liquidity to corporate bonds. 
If you're looking for some reading during lockdown, COVID-19 is a killer. Can it kill your career or is that the impact of fintech destroying your business? It's a victory or death world of risk and opportunity. To understand how technology is affecting life and markets, there's a new book to help you. 20 years on from the excitement of the original fintech bestseller Capital Market Revolution, it's time to look at some of those loose strands hanging around which need a spot of perspective, whether you are an exchange parishioner, a fintech professional, or anybody just trying to stay abreast of where technology is now driving investments and finance. Victory or Death, Blockchain Cryptocurrency in the Fintech World is an easy read explaining the differing and diverging role of banks and exchanges, explaining the winning business models of the new world order, and placing in perspective just what Bitcoin, blockchain and cryptocurrency mean for markets. 70,000 words of pure play, PLY pith, pacily discussing matters of moment and revisiting the original trailblazing first fintech bestseller, Capital Market Revolution, which when published in 1999 proved, even if I say so myself, rather prescient. It's a binary world. Your career will sustain or collapse in the next stage of the digital world, hence the title Victory or Death, lest you need reminding of the exciting times for finance in which we are living. Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Meanwhile, while you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, after the podcast, try our Pugcast. IPO-Vid, in Patrick's opinion, comes to the small screen with a series of investor videos, with my guest star, Toby the Pug. In Cryptoland, biggest news of the week, OSC, the Ontario Securities Commission, they found extensive evidence of fraud and theft by the late Gerald Cotton and Quadriga CX. Probably unsurprising, was it the Crypto Briex? Tragic news this week, a 20-year-old Robin Hood customer has committed suicide after seeing a $730,000 negative balance. Moreover, it looks as if that balance was actually during the course of the settlement of options positions and ultimately they had, in fact, a healthy positive balance overall. It's a tragic tale which leaves many questions, not least on leverage. No rush to judgment, but the risk of suicide remains very real across markets, whether it was my old friend Tony Montana or many others who have sadly seen no better way out than to take their lives while trading in our parish. Further to my remarks, in the weekend edition of Exchange Invest last Saturday, we already have news of a retail trading tragedy with the suicide of a young investor in the USA using Robin Hood. The parish needs to be thinking ahead to preserve damage to structure if when we see a mass retail investor implosion. There will also need to be strength in the management to avoid knee-jerk reactions. Meanwhile, our sympathies with the family of this young man who tragically took his life over his trading positions. In products this week, the Bank of Canada, they've announced their LIBOR replacement overnight benchmark, Cora, and Cora Futures are now trading. Meanwhile, very exciting news from Bloomberg. On the terminal, they have urged their users to get set for the potential of trading negative US interest rates. And that, of course, as we all know, causes all manner of problems with not just the trading systems themselves, but also the pricing of things like options where you need to move to the Bachelier model. Congratulations to the LSEG, London Stock Exchange is celebrating the 25th anniversary of AIM, while Britain has broadened its ban on the retail marketing of mini-bonds. Tragically, a potentially useful product which could be very beneficial to SMEs has ended up deeply damaged thanks to what appears to have been a flood of very shoddy offerings indeed. In technology, one major story this week, Vermiculous Financial Technology has launched. It's a very exciting piece of vendor news, as it's a new venture by some of the old Sonober team, led by their chairman, Nils Robert Persson. 
That should be a fascinating new service offering throughout the parish and indeed will keep all vendors on their toes to be as innovative and agile as possible. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. In regulation news this week, one of the most worrying announcements from SEBI in a while, they're looking at one commodity, one exchange, the idea of centralised single points of trading for individual commodities. SEBI have made a couple of decent decisions recently. A few baby steps forward, unfortunately, has been matched by one insane tumble backwards. As the Indian regulator continues to adopt a neo-Marxist zero-competition approach to centralising markets across a continental-sized nation with very varied topography and traditions across its multifaceted region, competition must reign, capitalism must out. Socialist planned markets have never worked in India, and they're not going to work now. Elsewhere, an indication as to how the SEBI decision-making process perhaps lacks a degree of being nimble or agile. They're finally on the cusp of apparently allowing work from home for brokers. Methinks this is about 12 weeks late in the current crisis cycle. Good news from the UAE. The United Arab Emirates capital markets have banned insider trading effective from Tuesday, June the 16th. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at 200 US dollars per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me patrick at derivativesvision.com. In people news, farewell to the Vienna Bursa CTO, COO Ludwig Neissen, who announced his retirement in the same week that Vienna Bursa announced an extended cooperation with Deutsche Börse Systems, their systems provider for their core trading technology. Ludwig will continue to have close ties with the stock exchange and will further advise the company and continue to represent the stock exchange as a member of the supervisory board in its shareholdings. The management board of Vienna Börse are therefore going to consist of Christoph Boschan as chief executive and Peter Koblich as CFO, who are going to assume the responsibilities of Ludwig Nissen. In Frankfurt, longtime prop trading boss Paul Hilgers has been appointed as managing director of DB1's cash market, while a farewell from the parish, hopefully only temporarily, longtime bourse expert Hannes Takach has been appointed the new head of the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development in Mongolia. It's a great move for Hannes. I hope he enjoys Ulan Bator, but obviously a shame for the parish to lose his skills, at least for now. Tirana Derayati has been appointed the chief executive at Vermiculous Financial Technology under Chairman Nils Robert Pearson as they anointed their dynamic new venture into markets. And meanwhile, on the cusp of the parish, some tragic news with a series of arrests over highly inappropriate transactions by eBay towards some critical bloggers. Did that cause the demise and departure of the CEO, Devin Venig, last September rather abruptly? Well, nobody can be quite clear, but certainly what is clear is that having stolen what looks like a dollar thrift store version of a plotline from a cheesy corporate drama, 
eBay has ended up looking quite disgusting in every respect. That's a tragedy for anybody's brand. And on that tragedy for the brand of eBay, which hopefully is going to bounce back, who knows what it could have been doing if only we'd allowed Intercontinental to take over that company in the course of recent months. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you a great week in markets. My name is Patrick L. Young, signing off this, the 50th edition of the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, which, as I say, coincided with issue 1792, the notorious year when the New York Stock Exchange was founded. Where will we be in 200 and something or other years? Well, I'll leave that for all of you to ponder during the course of what I hope is going to be another great week in life and markets. My name is Patrick L. Young. Thanks for listening. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.